Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is an apostrophe podcast production. We regret to inform you, the Rejection Podcast. I did so many camera tests where I was told if I got the part, it would change my life. And I never got it. Gal Gadot. When Gal Gadot was in her senior year of high school, she started looking ahead at life after graduation. For most of us, there are two options. Get a job or go to college. For Gadot, her options looked a little different. Combat instructor or intelligence investigator. Gadot was born and raised in Israel, in a small suburb just outside Tel Aviv. And as is long-standing law in her home country, enlistment into the Israeli Defense Forces, or IDF, is mandatory. All citizens after they turn 18, regardless of gender, must serve for a minimum of two years. 
Gadot had no qualms about her imminent duty. It's part of the Israeli culture. Plus, she was already in great physical shape. Her mother was a phys ed teacher. So growing up, Gadot says she was never sitting down. Instead of plopping herself on the couch after school to watch TV, her mother would hand her a ball and tell her to go outside and play with the neighborhood kids. Gadot learned to swim when she was four years old, and she learned English in the third grade. Throughout high school, she played on the basketball team and the volleyball team. She played tennis, and above all, her very favorite activity was dancing. Gadot dreamed of one day becoming a choreographer, using her body to perform for a living. But a career in the arts was not an option in her household. Gadot knew her parents' rule was for her to finish her time in the IDF, go to college, and get a proper degree, maybe in engineering like her father. But six months before her time in the military was set to begin, Gadot's friends gave her an interesting piece of news. They'd submitted her photo to the Miss Israel pageant. Not long after her picture made its way to the Miss Israel headquarters, the phone rang. Turns out, Gadot was selected as one of the 20 young women to compete for the crown and a Citroen C3 Super Mini car. Gadot was completely shocked. It wasn't even something she'd ever dreamed of pursuing. But she figured it could be a fun experience. At the very least, it'd be a great story to tell her grandkids that Grandma competed for Miss Israel when she was their age. So, she put on the ball gowns and the makeup. She strutted in the swimsuit competition. She says she tried really hard not to fall in her high heels. She answered interview questions, and she performed Irene Cara's hit song, Fame. As the competition wore on, Gadot became an audience favorite, and she started advancing. The number of women standing next to her on stage kept shrinking. Suddenly, she was a quarter-finalist, then a semi-finalist. Then it came down to Gadot and one other hopeful. The stage lights dimmed, and the crowd went silent. The winner of the 2004 Miss Israel pageant was Gal Gadot. Confetti fell from the sky and music blared as 18-year-old Gadot was coronated. It was overwhelming, but not as overwhelming as what came next. Soon, Irene Cara's lyrics were more than just a singing competition. They were Godot's life. Overnight, she went from regular teenager to full-on famous. She was bombarded by paparazzi. Everyone in Israel knew who she was. And before she could even take it all in, Godot found herself on a plane headed for Ecuador for that year's subsequent Miss Universe pageant, where each individual country's winners compete for the ultimate crown. And that's when she started to panic. Godot enjoyed the experience at Miss Israel, meeting the other contestants, dancing and performing, But Miss Universe was a full-time job. The winner embarks on a worldwide media tour for an entire year, including hundreds of press appearances, hosting charity events, and representing the whole of the Miss Universe franchise, as well as their home country. It was a great opportunity, if that's what you wanted to do. 
But for Gadot, it was more than she bargained for. She didn't want to leave Israel for an entire year. She wanted to stay put, complete her time in the IDF, and go to college. She didn't know exactly what she wanted to do career-wise, but she did know Miss Universe wasn't her path. She felt her chances of winning were small. But then again, she also thought that the first time around. Without trying and by just being herself, she won the first title. And that's when it dawned on her. What if she inadvertently won again? Godot knew there was only one thing to do. She'd have to throw the competition. When she arrived in Ecuador, Godot says she went full sabotage on herself. She selected the wrong gowns for morning breakfast, she didn't wear the proper makeup, and she purposefully blew her answers when Paula Abdul asked her interview questions. Miss Australia won the 2004 Miss Universe crown. Miss Israel didn't make the top 15. Instead, she breathed a sigh of relief and returned to her parents' house near Tel Aviv. In 2005, Godot began her mandatory service in the army. It started with a three-month-long boot camp where she says she worked out from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day and studied things like physics and anatomy. After those three months, new recruits were placed into the discipline that proved most fitting for their skills and abilities. So Godot was put into training to become a combat instructor. Like her mother, she'd spend her days teaching physical education. Despite returning from the glitz and glam to what she calls a normal life, the paparazzi continued to follow Godot around. But they weren't the only ones. She started getting approached by modeling agents looking to sign her. She wasn't really interested in becoming a model, but she knew that whatever career she wanted to pursue, it would require a decent amount of schooling, and she'd need a way to support herself in the meantime. So Godot signed with a modeling-slash-acting agency. On the modeling side, of course. By the end of 2006, she had completed her two years in the Israeli Defense Forces, and it came time to choose a college major. 2000's pop culture was in full effect. Pencil-thin eyebrows, MSN messenger, pocketless jeans, and Ali McBeal. Godot worshipped Ali McBeal. She loved watching her read closing arguments in a courtroom scene. They were like little stories that had to be performed. It was creative and exciting. So with that, it was settled. Godot would go to university to study law and international relations. One day, a casting agent flew from London, England to Tel Aviv, Israel to cast a movie. The woman had traveled all over the world searching for the perfect actress to play Camille Montez, a tough intelligence operator and love interest of the film's lead character. The name of that lead character? Bond. James Bond. The film was Quantum of Solace, and the acting agent was scouring different acting agencies in hopes of spotting that perfect face to play opposite Daniel Craig as the next Bond girl. She stumbled into one agency in particular and stood in front of a big board of headshots, scanning each face one by one until she locked in on a pair of piercing brown eyes and a million-dollar smile. 
She pulled the photo off the wall. She read the name below the picture. It was Gal Gadot. The agency called Gadot and sent her the audition pages, but she told them to forget it. She was a part-time model slash law student. She had zero acting training or experience. There was no way she'd get a part in James Bond and no point in trying. So she hung up the phone and went back to her studies. A few days later, her agent called her again, this time to make sure she was on her way to the audition. But Godot was confused. She had turned it down already. To which her agent said, Wait, you were serious? It's James Bond. He told her to just go and see what happens. Go right now. So Godot sprinted off campus and into her car. She hadn't so much as glanced at the audition pages. Nothing was memorized. So she picked the shortest scene and read it over at stop signs and red lights. When she arrived at the studio, Godot stepped into the audition room and immediately started apologizing. She said she was sorry in advance for wasting their time. She was not an actress. Her agent told her to come, but if they didn't want her to read for the part, she would understand. No harm, no foul. She'd just head back to the library. But the casting agent wasn't so sure. After hours of auditions oozing with desperation, she found Godot's attitude refreshing. The agent said that, actually, she'd love it if Godot would read a scene. She had three or four more hours left of auditions. If Godot wanted to step outside and learn the other scenes, she'd be welcome to pop back in and give it a try. So Godot did just that. And actually, it went really well. A short while later, Godot got a callback, then another callback, and eventually she was in the top running for the role. She couldn't believe it. But in the end, after her third and final audition, news came through her agency that she'd ultimately lost the race. Ukrainian model and actress Olga Kirilenko was cast. Godot was disappointed. This time, she wasn't hoping she'd lose. She really wanted to win. The whole experience of memorizing lines and trying to inhabit a character was fun. So fun that it blew the prospect of courtroom trials right out of the water. Maybe she wouldn't be the next Allie McBeal. Maybe she'd be the next Callista Flockhart. Godot decided to drop out of university and told her agent to forward any acting opportunities her way. She started going on auditions and getting comfortable with the process, but her resume left something to be desired. So she began working with an acting coach. And in 2007, Godot got an audition for a local TV show called Dolls. It was a soap opera about, quote, intrigue, conspiracies, and love in the modeling world. Godot says it isn't her proudest project, but that it was probably the best way to cut her teeth and experiment. On the last day of shooting the first season, Godot's phone rang. That same casting agent from Quantum of Solace was casting another movie and thought Godot would be perfect for a small role. The character, Giselle, was a motorcyclist, liaison, and weapons expert joining the fourth installment of an existing film franchise. The casting agent recommended she send a tape of herself reading a few scenes to the studio in Los Angeles. The studio watched the tape and decided they liked her. 
and soon Godot was asked to fly from Tel Aviv to L.A. to perform a second audition, live. So she boarded a 15-hour flight halfway across the world. When she got there, she learned the film's director was intrigued by her resume. Not because of her short stint on an Israeli soap opera, but because of her time in the IDF. It brought a real sense of authenticity to the character, being a weapons expert. And that's how Gal Gadot was cast in her very first movie, Fast and Furious 4. Just like her unlikely foray into the pageant world, a series of fortunate events led Gadot straight to the big leagues. Fast and Furious grossed $360 million worldwide. Pretty good for the first movie on your resume. Later that same year, Gadot got engaged and married to a fellow Israeli, where the two settled down near Tel Aviv. Now, you might be thinking, things seem to come pretty easy for Gadot. Luck is on her side and opportunities just fall into her lap. A turbulence-free rocket ride straight to the top. But to quote Diana Prince, my life hasn't been what you probably think it has. We all have our struggles. Hold that thought. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. After Fast and Furious, Godot started traveling more and more to Los Angeles to audition. She says, When you're a brand new actress, you take many general meetings with writers, producers, and other actors, and they inevitably ask you one question. What is your dream role? For Godot, the answer was simple. She wanted to play a real woman, one who's strong and confident and who shows the best side of women that's seldom portrayed in movies. So when a script came her way with a strong female lead, Gadot auditioned. But though she may have been famous in Israel, in the States, she was a nobody. And those strong roles for women that were few and far between weren't going to a nobody. So Gadot was rejected. In all of 2009, the only roles she landed were a party scene in a single episode of Entourage, and a small role in a CW show that was cancelled after only two weeks. Still, Godot was the new kid, and anything worth having was going to take hard work, so she pushed forward. Godot spent the better part of 2010 racking up her frequent flyer miles. She flew to L.A. from Tel Aviv for audition after audition, and was rejected. She went for camera test after camera test, and nothing materialized. And once again, in an entire year, she only booked two minor parts. One was a single scene in a movie called Night and Day. The other was in a movie called Date Night with Steve Carell and Tina Fey. She had one scene playing an Israeli model who wanders downstairs half-naked and barely speaks any English. Characters that didn't look at all like her dream role. The next year, Godot was asked to reprise her character, Giselle, in the fifth installment of Fast and Furious called Fast Five, and she breathed a sigh of relief. But she didn't book a single other role in Los Angeles in 2011. Soon, Godot and her husband welcomed a daughter named Alma, and Alma got quickly accustomed to life in the clouds. Not wanting to be without her family, Godot brought them along to Los Angeles for camera tests, table reads, and meetings. They spent their days and nights in hotel rooms waiting, as Godot made her rounds at every studio in Hollywood. Each time, the casting agents would tell her that if she secured the part that day, it would change her life. Success, fame, and money were the carrot dangling in front of her at each audition. Often she'd be brought back for a second test, maybe this time to meet with the director. But ultimately, Godot was rejected. There was always a more famous face with a more impressive resume to knock her out of first place. The pressure started to mount. Godot felt guilty putting a baby on so many 15-hour flights, not to mention her husband. If she was going to drag them all here, she should at least make it worth it by booking a part. But nothing was happening. An entire year went by of solid rejection. By Alma's second birthday, that one year turned into two. 
two full years had passed since Godot had landed a single part, and she decided she'd finally had enough. She told her husband she was done. Traveling with a child from country to country, dealing with different languages and time zones was exhausting and felt selfish. So she retreated to Israel, where she was able to land a small part in a local miniseries. But her husband encouraged her to take a second and flip the script. If she wanted to show Alma how important it is to be a role model, if she wanted Alma to follow her own dreams one day, Godot would have to walk the walk. He said the family was happy to travel for her career. The logistics they'd always figure out. By the time Alma was four years old, she and her mom had started a new nightly routine, bedtime stories. And one night, they read Sleeping Beauty. After Godot turned the last page, Alma turned to her and said she only likes the princes in the books they read. So Godot asked her why. Alma said it's because the princes are strong and brave. Godot asked, what about the princesses? Alma said, I don't know. All they do is fall asleep and do nothing. Godot said she realized in that moment that even her toddler-aged daughter was aware that the roles for women were limited. They were passive. Boys had clear role models to look up to in books and movies. Prince Eric, Buzz Lightyear, Tarzan, Superman. And Godot says while those characters can also be role models for young girls, those girls don't see themselves reflected on the page or the screen. There was no representation. Godot was flown back to Los Angeles to play Giselle in Fast and Furious 6, but this time it would be her final appearance in the franchise. Her character was killed off in the sixth film. The only chapter in her acting life that had remained steady, the one that got her in the door, suddenly closed. Even more pressure mounted. Those films were a dream to have on her resume, but she was still virtually unknown, and no other parts of substance were born out of them. One day, she booked an audition for a part that was perfect for her. It was the female lead in an action film called Mad Max Fury Road. Mad Max was a reboot of an original 1979 film starring Mel Gibson. This time around, it would star Hollywood heartthrob Tom Hardy. The character, Furiosa, was a highly intelligent rebel warrior, the only woman in her military rank. The casting director liked Godot, and she was invited back for a second audition. If she landed this one, they assured her it would change her life. Soon, Godot learned she was neck and neck with one other actress up for the part. This was it. After years flying back and forth from Tel Aviv to Los Angeles, buckling her daughter into her airplane seat for hundreds of hours in the sky, living out of hotels and weathering the all-consuming hope followed by the soul-destroying crash. This would make it all worth it. Then her phone rang. It was her agent. The part went to Charlize Theron. The studio wanted a famous name. Too many almosts. Too many days pulling her daughter out of school that she could no longer justify. 
Too much time and energy wasted on what clearly wasn't meant to be. Godot didn't choose this career. It chose her. And yet somehow, it also rejected her. The costs of pushing fate were getting too high. And in 2015, Godot booked her family's final flights home to Tel Aviv. As Godot packed her suitcase, she told her husband to look around. It was probably the last time they'd ever be in L.A. together. She said she'd finish up any commitments she'd made, including an Israeli movie and one project in L.A. Then she'd let the dream of becoming an actress go. It was time to give up and go back to law school. Later that very afternoon, she got a strange message from her agent. Warner Brothers had called saying they wanted Godot to read for a, quote, secret project. There were still a couple days left until her flight, so she figured, why not? But from the get-go, Godot could tell this was not your run-of-the-mill audition. Her agent didn't even know what the movie was called. She was sent a few scenes to memorize for the audition, but they weren't even from the actual film. It was all very hush-hush. But she went to the studio and met with the director. His name was Zack Snyder. Snyder's resume was nothing to scoff at. Think 300, Dawn of the Dead, Watchmen, and Man of Steel, to name a few. Godot says she and Snyder instantly hit it off. They talked about their families and shared photos of their kids. The chemistry was palpable, and the scene went well. Then she went back to the hotel and strayed off to the airport. Back in Israel, Gadot started shooting her movie and all but forgot about the audition with Snyder. They hadn't even told her what the secret part was, so there was no sense in getting emotionally attached. A few weeks passed and her agent called yet again, this time with more information. She said Zack Snyder wanted Godot to fly to Los Angeles and do a camera test with Ben Affleck. And Godot said, great, what's the part? Her agent said she had no idea. She assumed Godot found out at the first audition. But nobody told her anything. It was all a big mystery. Two days later, Snyder called Godot himself and he finally told her what the part was that she'd be flying halfway across the world to audition for. He said, I don't know if you have this character in Israel, but have you ever heard of Wonder Woman? Godot's heart stopped. She said, I'll be there. DC Comics' Wonder Woman, a.k.a. Diana Prince, was set to appear for the first time in the film Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. Ben Affleck as Batman and Henry Cavill as Superman. If the reception of the Wonder Woman character and the actress portraying her went well, there was a possibility of multiple solo Wonder Woman films to follow. If she got the part it would change her life. Because Godot was shooting the other movie in Israel, she only had 36 hours to spare for a trip to Los Angeles. So she landed in LA, absolutely delirious with both fatigue and excitement. She went to her hotel room and went straight to bed. The next morning was the big day. When Godot woke up, 
she says she barely even knew her own name. But she made her way over to the studio, and the first thing she saw was six different trailers all lined up in a row. And in each trailer was another actress auditioning for the same part. One of those actresses was Olga Kurilenko. Remember her? She beat Godot for the role in Quantum of Solace back in 2008. Godot was escorted to her trailer and given one specific instruction. Do not leave. She figured in a short while they'd come get her for her turn. But 30 minutes went by, then 45 minutes, then an hour, then two hours. Meanwhile, Godot was pacing around her trailer in a ball of anxiety. The makeup artist assigned to her started rubbing her shoulders with peppermint oil to calm her down. So she called her husband, and he told her to just do her very favorite thing. Dance. So Godot put on Beyonce's Diva, and she started dancing around the trailer. The song is a tribute to girl power, a love letter to strong, confident women. It put Godot in the exact right mindset to play the strongest, toughest superhero. As soon as the song ended, there was a knock on the door. They were ready for her. The second audition was, again, with scenes that weren't from the real movie, to ensure none of the actual script got leaked if she didn't get the part. In the scene Godot was given, she and Ben Affleck were fighting over his drinking. And for the final line, Godot's character looks Affleck in the eye and says, You've never known a woman like me. End scene. Ben Affleck looked at Godot, then looked at the camera and said, Whoa. After Godot's audition, she was feeling really good. She flew back to Tel Aviv with a spring in her step. Maybe giving up on her acting dream was hasty. This could be her long-awaited big break. For the full week after her audition, she was walking on air. It was in the bag. But by the second week, she hadn't heard a thing. And she felt the self-doubt start creeping in. It was yet another almost... How could she be so foolish to get her hopes up yet again? This was familiar territory. By the third week, she was back to her original plan, to give up acting altogether. She didn't need them. She started telling herself it was their loss. She says each week felt like one of the five stages of grief. Eventually, six weeks went by, and Godot moved on with her life. She tucked Wonder Woman into the Mad Max file in the back of her mind. She had one final job in Los Angeles to complete, so she went by herself. No sense in dragging her family for her last job. Then it was back to Israel for torts and civil procedures. Godot landed at LAX, and as her plane sat on the runway, she flicked on her phone after being on airplane mode for 15 hours and she noticed she had 20 missed calls from her agent. So she called her agent back, and they said, hold on, and added 20 more people from the agency to the call. Godot waited on the line. Then her agent said, Gal, 
You are Wonder Woman. Before the seatbelt sign went off, Gadot started screaming in her seat. Everyone looked at her like she was insane. But of course, she was sworn to secrecy, so she couldn't tell a soul. Instead, Gadot made her way to her hotel, wide-eyed. She called her husband. Then she fell back onto the bedspread and stared at the ceiling in silence. She'd finally landed the dream role she had described to hundreds of directors, producers, and writers in hundreds of offices across Hollywood over the past eight years. Wonder Woman was a real woman, one who's strong and confident and showed the best side of women that wasn't often portrayed in movies. Wonder Woman could be a role model for young girls, girls like her daughter, Alma. A short while later, Gadot got to try on the Wonder Woman costume for the first time. It was simultaneously suffocating and fantastically liberating. The year after Batman vs. Superman, Gal Gadot starred in Wonder Woman, the first woman-led superhero film in over a decade, a pillar of strength and compassion who stands for peace, justice, and above all, equality. Gadot and her family finally bought their very own home in Los Angeles. And at bedtime, when Alma said she loved Prince Eric and Prince Charming because they're tough and brave, she added one other prince to her list that year. Diana Prince, Amazon Warrior. When you're young and green and starting your career, it all feels so random. You set your internal GPS to a goal in the distance, but then things go sideways almost immediately. You're offered opportunities that don't work out. You get rejected over and over again. Those rejections make you ricochet in directions you never anticipated. You start to build a resume, but your resume points seem erratic with no direction. Then one day, it all funnels to your goal. That's the golden thread in Gal Gadot's story. She was unexpectedly put up for Miss Israel by her friends, which she was never interested in pursuing. But that win led to a modeling contract, which led to her picture being pinned to a wall in a modeling agency, which led to her first audition for the Bond film. Even her mandatory time spent in the IDF led the same casting agent to put her in Fast and Furious 4, which eventually all led to Warner Brothers and Wonder Woman. All the random dots suddenly lined up. A wise person once said that, as you live your life, it all appears to be anarchy and chaos and random occurrences, Non-related events all smashing into each other and causing this situation and that situation. And then suddenly, you get what you've been hoping for, and you wonder, how did that happen? But later, when you look back on your career, it looks like a finely crafted novel. If you stay open to opportunities, 
those unanticipated way stations just might take you to your goal. Nothing about Gal Gadot's path suggested it would lead to the role of a lifetime. Eight years of 15-hour plane trips seemed to be leading nowhere. But each zig inched her closer to that final zag. Gal Gadot's persistence didn't merely land a great role. Wonder Woman has now grossed over $821 million worldwide, making it the highest-grossing superhero origin film of all time. Never, ever give up. Time Magazine Most Influential People, 2018 MTV Movie Award for Best On-Screen Fighter, 2018 Forbes Third Highest Paid Actress in Hollywood, 2020 Sometimes you can't see what you're learning, until you come out the other side Diana Prince The Rejection Podcast is an apostrophe podcast production and is recorded in an Airstream mobile recording studio. This series is hosted and written by me, Sydney O'Reilly, director, Callie O'Reilly, engineer, Jeff Devine. We regret to inform you our producer is Debbie O'Reilly. Theme music by Ian Lefevre and Ari Posner. Major sources for this episode are listed in the show notes on our website, apostrophepodcasts.ca slash rejection. Follow us on social at Apostrophe Pod. If you're interested in advertising on our show, let's chat. Click Advertise With Us on our site. This series is executive produced by Terry O'Reilly. See you next time. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.